What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Pride Pimp Sports Podcast, hosted by Jeremy Larry. So tonight, as I said on my radio show just about an hour ago, that the Clippers game two game is tonight at 10 o'clock in Phoenix, game one. Clippers got a big win, 115 to 110. Just wanted to go a little bit more in depth on that game. The Clippers outscored Phoenix in bench points, 36 to 10. So that's a big difference maker in the game is the Clippers' depth. If you look at the Clippers' bench, they have Norma Powell, Terrence Mann, Bones Highland, that's three pieces right there, along with Mason Plumley, that could start on some teams in the NBA. Norman Powell and Terrence Mann, I think you could start on just about every team in the NBA. Then you add in a player like Mason Plumley, who's had a career of starting, but he's more of a reserve on the Clippers. And you also add in a guy like Bones Highland, who's young, more raw talent, that'll take a little bit more time to develop. He's very good off the bench for the Clippers. They outscore them 36-10 in bench scoring. Four points from Landry Shaman off the bench for the, for the Suns. Four points from Landale, their backup big man. Two points from Bismack Biombo, And that's it. That's all they had from bench scoring. Terrence Ross had none in four minutes of action. Torrey Craig was the starter for them. So Josh Akogi came off the bench. No points for him. One rebound, 0 of 1 from the floor. The difference for the Clippers is their ability to score off the bench. And if you look at it, Norman Powell 14 points off the bench. Bones Highland added in a three. Terrence Mann. Had a good game with the Clippers off the bench. 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists. Mason Plumlee at 7 points, 11 rebounds. The difference for the Clippers is they have depth. The Suns don't. The Suns bench is very limited. Probably because they had to make the trade at Kevin Durant for Brooklyn. You had to give up Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Two young bench pieces. Well, Bridges was a starter. Johnson even was a starter there. But two pieces you have to get rid of to get Kevin Durant. That leaves you with... You know, one last piece on a team that you had before. So you're losing depth there. You're obviously getting a better player in Durant right now. Obviously gives you a better chance to probably win the NBA Finals. But when you make that trade, you do give up depth since you're giving up two players for one. And if you look at what the Suns have on their bench, campaign is their best bench player probably. He's out for tonight's game. The Clippers are without just Paul George. Everybody else is fully healthy. Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, Terrence Mann. Bones Highland, everybody's healthy for the Clippers. Marcus Morris didn't get any minutes last game, so I'd imagine he's probably out of the playoff rotation, especially with how odd the situation was with him at the end of the season, having COVID and then having some sort of back spasms or light injury, misses the end of the regular season because of that, and didn't play it all last game. Robert Covington got no minutes last game. Love to see him get some more minutes, but we'll see what happens. But as for the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard was just, was just on one in that game. He was unreal. He was just locked in. I think the Clippers really need that. They need him to take over. 38 points in that game. Five rebounds, five assists, a block, and a steal. 13 and 24 shooting from the floor. Three and five from three. The Clippers need that. They need at least 30 to 35 out of them. That's obviously a lot to ask, but when you're Kawhi Leonard, you have the ability to take over a game. Everyone saw it when he was in San Antonio. Everyone saw it when he was in Toronto. And you see it now with the Clippers. He's back. And the Clippers need that, obviously. You also have... Russell Westbrook, who, without Paul George, has taken the second most shots on the team, was 3 of 19 shooting, 1 of 6 from 3, added in 9 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. If you look at a stat line, you'd say he had a rough night, right? He had two huge free throws, and the Clippers are only up by one with 17 seconds left. Hit both of them, puts the Clippers up by three, then gets the game-winning block, saves the ball in midair, throws it off of Devin Booker, gets the ball back for the Clippers, puts the game away. Huge game for Russell Westbrook. You'll get a 3 of 19 stat line. That's not going to happen again. I don't think he goes 3 of 19. If he was 7 of 19 in that game, the score's a lot different. The Clippers don't win only by five points. They'd win by more than that. 115 to 110 was the final score. If Russell Westbrook hits two or three, maybe four of those shots that he missed out of 19, it's a different score. Obviously, when you have a player like Russell Westbrook, even when he's struggling offensively, he gives you everything he has 
on the defensive end. And he still hustles on offense, still found open players. And that's what I love about Russ. That's what I love about Paul George. That's what I love about Terrence Mann and a lot of the Clippers is they never quit. Russ Westbrook said after the game about his game-winning plays, just effort, heart, the will to win. I've been here before. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes to win. You have to say, okay, I've had a tough night offensively. If I have an open shot, I can take a good shot. Why not? If I can kick it out to a teammate and they have a better chance, give it to them. But that's never going to stop Russell Westbrook from trying out defense, getting back, hustling for offensive rebounds. I mean, he was a beast on the offensive glass. That's what Clippers needed. They needed that hustle. They needed that hustle. It was a big difference maker, honestly. It really was. It really was. They finally found the dog mentality that's helped them for so long and helped them thrive over the last few years, hustling for loose balls, rebounds, getting back on defense. That's what Russell Westbrook did. He was relentless on the defensive end. Gave Devin Booker and Kevin Durant no open chances. He was all over them, hovering and covering them, every single player. And you need a player like that. You need a player like that. I don't understand all the disrespect that Russell Westbrook gets. I know a lot of people look at his stat line there, 3 of 19, and they say he had an awful game offensively, which he didn't, didn't, do, didn't shoot great. Some of his layups could have went in, just unlucky bounces. A few of them of the 19 shots he missed, a couple of them were unlucky bounces. But if you look at his stat line, that doesn't tell the story of the game. What really does is those key plays in big moments, the block, all of the deflections, every single time Kevin Durant and Devin Booker got by him, it hit their dribble away out of bounds. He was making plays all over the floor that don't show up in a stat sheet, and that's the difference maker for the Clippers. How can they continue to find ways to win games without Paul George? Well, you got to make up for it on the bench, and you got to make up for it in the starting lineup with Russell Westbrook making plays on the defensive end since when you don't have Paul George, you're losing your second-best defender on the team. Kawhi Leonard's your best, then Paul George is the second-best. Two great two-way players when you don't have Paul George healthy, Kawhi Leonard, Obviously, it's a step up defensively, and someone else does as well. And I love the Russell Westbrook versus Kevin Durant matchup. Obviously, they have a history together of playing in Oklahoma City. Obviously, had some beef in the past. They both said there's nothing there anymore, no beef, and that they're fine with each other. But at the end of the day, you know Russ wanted to win that game. Obviously, it meant more to him than just any common game. And if you look at his stat line, 11 rebounds, 5 offensive boards. 5 second-chance points that we gave the Clippers. So that's a big difference maker, and hopefully they can continue to find ways to score on those second-chance points since it is a big difference maker, it really is. It really is. The Clippers had 15 offensive rebounds in that game, which is huge. I mean, if you look at Phoenix's, they only had six. The Clippers out-rebounded Phoenix overall, 49 to 42. Also added in six steals and four blocks. Phoenix did have eight steals and nine blocks. Had 10 turnovers as a team for Phoenix. The Clippers had 14 on their own. So the Clippers had to find ways to limit turnovers. But if you look at points off of turnovers, the Clippers had 14 turnovers and had 15 points off turnovers. The Suns had four less turnovers, 10 turnovers for the Suns, just five points off of turnovers. So if you look at it, the Suns only had five points off the Clippers, 14 turnovers. The Clippers had 15 points off the Suns, 10 turnovers. The Clippers found ways, even when they turned the ball over, to get back on defense and make things hard on Phoenix. And if you look at it, that's accredited to Kawhi Leonard. That's accredited to Russell Westbrook. That's accredited to everyone that played on that Clippers team. Everybody gave it their all in the defensive end. And that's what you need to beat a Suns team that a lot of people expected to give the Clippers trouble. And this series isn't over. It's only game one. It's only game one on Sunday. Obviously, game two is tonight. That was only game one. The Clippers are up 1-0. But it's at least an advantage going into game two. You know the worst-case scenario is going to be 1-1 after two games. And then you're going to L.A. for two games. And hopefully... You find a way to even split in that lane. I still like the, the Clippers' chances at that point if it's 2-2 two, two after four games. Because I know they said Paul George is likely out for the first round. You never know if he were to come back in a big game six or game seven. Obviously, you don't want to force him to come back early because it could make the injury worse. He's not going to be able to be able to play on 100%. But you never know, obviously, and we'll see what happens. But I do like the Clippers' chances to be in this game tonight. 
they're heavy underdogs in this game, eight and a half point underdogs. I think they'll be in this game. I think if you look at their heart, their hustle, their depth, I think that's going to play a big role in tonight's game. And if Devin Booker isn't scoring as well, and he's obviously not shooting as well this season from three, didn't have any threes in that game the other night, and Chris Paul isn't the offensive player he once was, he obviously is still a playmaker and give you 10 assists a night. He even can give you 10 rebounds like he did the other night as well. But the main player the Clips have to worry about is Kevin Durant. After that, they don't have to worry as much about Aiton, Booker, and Paul. Obviously, those are three great players there. I'm not taking anything away from them, but the main worry for the Clippers is Kevin Durant trying to contain him. After that, I think they'd like their chances if they can contain Kevin Durant, keep him under 30, make it hard on him all night. I think the Clippers will be in good position. So we will see what happens in tonight's game. I was so thrilled with that win on Sunday night. Didn't really have words for it. Obviously, the heart was racing all game. The heart rate was through the roof in the last minute or two of that game after Russell Westbrook hit the two free throws and had the big steal against Devin Booker. Obviously, those two plays were huge in the game and obviously made things a little bit easier on me, but my heart was racing and was through the roof during that game, but it's such a huge win. Made me so happy, as everyone knows. It listens to this. I'm a huge Clippers fan. One of my favorite teams in all sports, I'd say it's the New York Giants and the LA Clippers. They're right there together. So as you could imagine, that game one win did mean a lot to me. And hopefully they can find a way to sneak out a win tonight, but if not, play good basketball, be in the game. And if the Clippers are in the game with about a minute or two left, I trust their mentality of hustle, energy, and relentless effort. I think they could be in this game no matter what happens. But hopefully they get a win tonight. But if not, continue to play the basketball we've been playing. It's a long series, a seven-game series. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a dogfight every single game of this series, every single game of every series in the playoffs, in the NBA, and all of sports will be a dogfight. You know it's not going to come to you easy. So Hopefully they find a way to win tonight. I'll keep you guys posted and give you a recap tomorrow. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. and hope you guys have a good one. Thank you.